Welcome to At the Table, a play reading series, brought to you by Charging Moose Media. In this episode, we're chatting with the cast from What If Oreos Were All That Was Left by Molly Burdick. Enjoy! Good afternoon and welcome to At the Table, a play reading podcast, which is back. I'm Rachel Flynn. Uh, I'm Ned Donovan. Yeah, we're, we're back. here. Uh, we are here. And here is so many different places, most of which are in New York City. Um, we, as you may know, have been on hiatus because of life. And now we're not because of life. Life. <laughs> Ned, tell, tell the folks what, a little bit about, about what we're doing today and maybe for a little bit. So when all of the world went into a lockdown of sorts, uh, Rachel and I got on a call and, and said, we should bring back At the Table. There's a bunch of awesome playwrights uh, making cool art right now. There's a bunch of actors with some time on their hands. There is uh, uh, lots to do. Um, and so I thought that maybe we could make plays with uh, uh, 10 to 20 minute shows that we could use people who are currently looking for some artistic outlet and make some weird art in a time of quarantine. And uh, we're trying to do that today. And uh, before we get going on uh, this week's play, which is written by the extraordinary Molly Burdick, who you're going to be able to hear uh, later in this episode. Oh, it'll be a se- whole separate episode? It'll be another episode, but you will hear in this chunk of episodes. I'm I'm rusty. You know what I mean? I don't know what yeah, our yeah, format is anymore because it's been years and I've been through a, um, a pandemic since then. So before we get to quarantine snacks, um, I want to introduce everyone who's with us today in their various uh, places, apartments with their various pets. So um, first up, uh, Alyssa, who are you? Hi, I'm Alyssa May Gold. Um, I am in my bedroom in Manhattan. Uh, I am a a producer, director, actress. Um, I run a small theater company called Pocket Universe. Prior to this, we were reconsidering and reimagining classic stories and conventions. And I think now we're going to have to like reconsider and reimagine the very convention of theater and what that means when you can't actually be in a space together. Um, and I'm, and I was also in rehearsal as an actress for the long awaited Broadway premiere of How I Learned to Drive until two weeks ago. And now I'm in my apartment. We're still in rehearsal. We're like Zoom meeting. Um, and hopefully we'll be like in a room room soon. We do have a, um, a tradition uh, at, at the table where we go around and we ask for your favorite snack. And we are doing sort of an amended version of that, which is um, what's the snack that's been pulling you through this time of global uncertainty? What's the what's the one that's been really the savior of the pandemic for you personally? Do you know the thing is it, it is the same as my snack of choice in peacetime and it is um, pirate's booty. Sponsor of the pod, Pirate's Booty. I would like them to sponsor my life. We're moving on to Remy. Remy, who are you? Hi, I'm Remy. I am an actor. I'm also a a stand-up comedian and uh, a sketch comedian. Uh, My most recent thing that got cut a little short due to um, Miss Coronavirus uh, is that I uh, am an actor on the uh, Mod Night at UCB, which is their house sketch team. My team is the New York Cheeks. Hey, Cheeks. I've just been loving being on the house team. It was such a great creative outlet um, for me. So yeah, definitely a big bummer, but had to be done. I'm very thrilled to be here. We're so glad you're here. Remy, what is the snack that has gotten you through 
just these two weeks. My boyfriend has made these homemade, like, white chocolate chip brownies with, like, chocolate, homemade chocolate icing, like, several times, and they've been awesome. And I've also been eating a lot of Twizzlers as well. Um, Crystal and Lloyd, can you introduce yourself? Who are you? What do you do normally slash now? <laughs> hey, I'm Crystal and Lloyd. Normally, I am acting or doing something like that. Before all of this happened, I had just finished a show in Seattle called Bliss. And then uh, I was set to do a show in Florida at Oslo Theater called Hood. And that got postponed. And then I was set to do a show uh, at Arena in D.C. Um, called American Prophet, which is this Frederick Douglass musical. And uh, that got pushed to the fall. But in the meantime, I'm considered an essential worker because my part-time job in between gigs was as a sitter. So I'm sitting for a family. One of the moms uh, is a doctor and then the other is a psychiatrist. So well, thank you for doing what you're doing. And please keep staying safe as you can. You got it. Crystalline, what is the food or foods that have been getting you through the last couple of weeks? What's the real team player here? Do plants count? Yeah. Uh, weed? But, you know, usually I accompany it with, like, some Sour Patch Kids. Other times it's, like, a fun trail mix with, like, a cranberry situation. Is it original Sour Patch or are you, like, a watermelons person? I'm a watermelon Sour Patch girl. Yeah, that's an important, oh, important I love addition. Those. Yeah, yep, 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 yep. Um, uh, Tony Vo, who, can you introduce yourself? Who are you? Hi, I am Tony Aiden Vo. I'm an actor, musician, artist. Uh, I live in Brooklyn, New York. Recently lost a few gigs too, like everybody else. <laughs> so, you know, just trying to figure out this whole shebang as well. Most of the projects that I was uh, going to be doing, I, I can't talk about too much because it wasn't <laughs> officially announced. But uh, I was going to be shooting a an episode, a co-starring role on a new Netflix show this week, which was postponed. And um, I found out yesterday that my summer gig, I was going to go out to Portland Center Stage to do a show out there, and they've canceled their whole season. I mean, it's shitty that everybody's, like, lost work, but I guess it brings me comfort that I'm not alone in this, you know? I also know that there are bigger things that are happening out in the world. I'm trying to just kind of live with it for a little bit, and then trying to <laughs> think about the bigger picture. Tony, I'm I'm going to uh, just just real quick shout out another part of your career that you have ignored thus far, which is the lobbyists. Can you talk to us about the lobbyists? Sure. Yeah. So I am I am a musician. I'm a singer songwriter. Uh, I'm part of this theater collective slash folk band called the lobbyists. We've been around for eight years now. Tony, I'm sorry. I had no idea you were in the lobbyists. I Loved Sea Wife so fucking much. Thank you. Thanks for making it out. Yeah, that's that's my crew. <laughs> I I try to you know I go out for auditions a lot, but I also pour a lot of energy into creative outlets, and the lobbyist is one of them. And rewrite work and make shit happen. And congrats on the, the show was at NAMT this year as well, right? Uh, yeah, we just did uh, NAMT, which was a lot of fun at New World Stages. So. Plus that sweet, sweet drama desk nomination. Oh, come on, Stop man. carrying the lead, Tony. <laughs> I'll just let Ned be my PR person. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs> this is great. Um, okay, so Tony, what is the snack or food that has been really pulling you through? So this is a little bougie of me. Um, I live 
in Park Slope, right down the block from Culture, and they do like frozen yogurt. And it is, I, I could easily eat a whole tub. And um, I'm kind of on this like freshly grated potato hash kick right now. <laughs> I'll make it for breakfast or for like a midnight snack when I'm high. <laughs> So, Shout out to weed. weed. Yeah. Shout out to weed. Sponsored yeah. by weed. Um, yeah, that's my kind of snack. Okay. I do have a question kind of for the group. What are people doing for themselves or that they can recommend for others who might be tuning in just in terms of self-care through all this? What can people offer that has helped them greatly? I, I know that in my feeds, either on my social media or just in text messages or calls with people, that um, a lot of people are struggling a lot with this. And I was hoping that we might be able to also help just offer new ideas to help people get through this really rough time around the world, but, you know, as many people listening was, uh, you know, uh, New York City is is really getting hit pretty hard and we're all kind of hunkered down. And by the way, if you don't have an answer, if your world is like kind of, you don't know and you're trying to figure it out too, then feel free to say so and, and, and uh, hopefully someone else will give you some ideas to get you there. I have two things. One is totally un... Um, it, it was a visceral response that I... I I can only share like what my my go-to mindset has been, but maybe it's useful. Um, it's so similar to 9-11. I live in the same neighborhood that I lived in during 9-11, which is right by the World Trade Center. And I remember distinctly at that time, even in the fear, feeling an overwhelming sense of relief and luck that at that point, as is my current situation, I was alive, my family was alive, and I felt so lucky to not be... Um, directly impacted, even though my life was impacted, I, I, the perspective of like, but at this, at this exact moment, I can breathe. My family can breathe. We're all able to like be alive on planet earth today and maintaining that kind of sense of like being ready to move if that changes, but, but being grateful for that has been really helpful. And then also I would, I have been recommending this slowly to people, um, but there's this book called Miracle in the Andes that Nando Parado wrote about his experience of his plane crashing in the Andes with his rugby team. He was 19 years old. He was not a mountain climber. And he and his best friend climbed through the Andes to Chile to get help. And he he wrote a book about it. And um, it's actually just like a how-to guide for everyday survival. And there's one quote that I'm going to share, and you can edit it if it, like I'm talking too long. But I, this has been really helpful to me too, where he says... I had been thinking of the disaster as a horrible mistake, as an unscripted deviation from the happy story of my life I had been promised. But now I began to understand that my ordeal in the Andes was not an interruption of my true destiny or a perversion of what my life was supposed to be. It was simply my life and the future that lay ahead was the only future available to me. And I think I'm hearing a lot of people struggling with the like, this is interrupting the plan. And yeah, I had a very clear plan for this exact moment of my life, but that's not necessarily, um, that's not a fact. The fact is that this is the only thing that was ever going to, is going to, is happening in the world right now. And that helps me really keep my head on and not fall into the unfairness of what I thought my life was supposed to look like at this moment, that this is actually my life. And so how then do I move forward in a meaningful way? Thank you. That's really helpful. That helped me just now. Um, and one other thing, and then I'll stop talking, I swear, there's an article called 14 Ways to Survive Almost Anything that talk, it's a handbook, it's a 14-step handbook for how to change your mindset towards um, survival. And it takes actual practical in the real world um, 
disaster situations and how people like apply to mindset to get through them. And I highly recommend that. And I can send it to you guys if you want to. Please do. And we'll put that on the social media for, for at the table as well. So you can find it on, uh, uh, you can find it on our Facebook, on our Twitter. Come, come say hi. Uh, Remy, anything that you, that's been really helping you out? Um, it's not like anything new, but like as someone who is like very type A and needs structure, um, keeping a routine has been like really good for me. So like I'm doing the artist's way, you know, and I'm doing like morning pages every day and I'm attempting to do like what they call like an artist date, even within these confines. So like, for example, yesterday I, um, I found this like little like weird hiking trail, like two minutes from my apartment that I didn't know existed. Um, that like goes to this bridge in the Bronx. Um, so it was like really beautiful yesterday. So I did that. I've been doing yoga every day. Um, and just like trying to be productive and like, you know, we've all lost like acting gigs, but you know, there's still ways to be productive in that. There are so many theaters right now that, you know, they may not know the fate of their shows, but like they're doing self tapes. So like, I think that even though we are on a pause, like with our creative artistry, there are ways to still kind of continue that but yeah i love the routine of it all and and the artist's way it's i really recommend especially for creatives this is a really great time to do that i'll just i'll definitely just add that uh it for me like i i grew up uh around in the mountains i'm from colorado so like i'm very i'm a very outdoorsy person and so um i have to go outside at least once a day and that's i know that's like my my like kind of um, personal thing that I need to do, but I do notice, like, I, I do know that for other people, like, it does scientifically make a difference when, like, if you're able to go outside and just get some fresh air and, um, you know, wherever you, you are in the country, in, in the city, if you're able to go to a park just for, like, 10 minutes, it can just really reset your mind because, yeah, being inside can just really do some, you know, being stuck inside all day can really uh, drive you nuts. <laughs> so, it's simple, but... Chemically, it's it's def, definitely makes a difference. So, I want to throw out there, um, and it's funny because we always make these. You know, these are always jokey. You know, we we do jokey interviews and then we do uh, a play. But uh, I've been loving the communication that has opened up between people. It feels like we're checking in about mental health on text chains with my family right now, which is like a newer thing for us. Um, so in the interest of that, um, this has been an interesting time. I have a panic disorder uh, and I also have obsessive compulsive disorder, but I'm lucky enough to still have a therapist that I'm doing telemedicine with. And she told me the loveliest thing the other day, which is that um, adaptive behaviors are completely acceptable in extraordinary times. What that means is if you're making art right now and that feels good, great. If you're not making art right now and that feels good, great. You know, you should be doing the things that feel right right now. And I thought that that was such lovely advice that sometimes you need somebody else to give you permission to do all the things. Sometimes getting into the thing feels good and sometimes lying on your couch feels good and all of that's okay right now. Pretty much the only right thing to do right now is stay home and social distance and like take care of yourself. That's like the only right thing to do. The, the rest is up for interpretation. I have a roommate and we were having a very heated conversation about, um, cause there are people who are still like leaving their house to go Netflix and chill. And the New York times published an article on, you know, the best ways uh, to have sex right now. Um, did you guys read that? Yeah. It was like phone sex is safe sex. 
<laughs> there was a beautiful one sheet from the New York City Department of Health, and bullet point one was the safest sexual partner right now is yourself, and bullet point two was the second safest sexual partner is somebody you live with, and everyone was quote tweeting it uh, on Twitter, and it said, "New York City says masturbate or fuck your roommate." <laughs> yeah. There- Someone someone tweeted that, well, I guess gay guys now just have to sleep with their husbands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's savage. You've been listening to At the Table, a play reading series produced by Charging Moose Media. Our artistic director and senior producer is Rachel Flynn. Editor is Ned Donovan. Our associate producer is Megan Bagala. Music by Marcus Thorne Bagala. Thanks to our cast, Alyssa May Gold, Remy Germanario, Crystalline Lloyd, and Tony Aiden Vo.